Welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I got a busy weekend, but otherwise pretty good. How are you? Uh, I am doing pretty good. It was a wild week, but uh, you know what? I'm I'm doing all right. It's it's nice for January up here in Canada, and um, you know, kind of like we said last week, it's a new year, which uh, which means a new hope, and maybe for some this year is already a bust. But uh, we're gonna try our best, by God, to uh, <laughs> to make the best out of this year. We have a, a very fun, very special episode for you that actually we, we shouldn't waste one moment getting into it's gonna be um it's gonna be a long one here, I feel like. Last week we told you guys that we were going to delve into what we wanted from the Legend of Zelda series in twenty twenty one. And uh not only are we going to give you what we want to see, Allison and I, but we're actually going to be reading off of a list that the entire Zelda Dungeon staff put together. It's over on the main site. Go check it out. Use it as a companion piece to this podcast episode. We asked everybody to give us a very brief statement or idea for what they wanted out of The Legend of Zelda in the year 2021. And Allison, we got some really, really good suggestions here. Yeah, I'm actually super excited to see what everybody was saying because, like, you know, we've got the obvious things that we want from Zelda this year, but, you know, everybody has those, like, little cool things, little outside-of-the-box ideas that they'd love. And I think it's cool because, like, every Zelda fan would love these ideas. So I'm excited to see what everybody wrote down. Absolutely. Um, and, and, of course, like Allison just said, every single Zelda fan in the universe wants Breath of the Wild 2 to release in 2021. So we're not even going to cover that. We, we challenge the writers to dig a little bit deeper. In fact, we also challenge the writers to dig a little bit deeper than your average, like, we want something really cool for Zelda's 35th anniversary. Or we want Skyward Sword HD. Or we want the Oracles remade. We challenge them to dig deeper than that and to really get creative. We have 22 writers' responses here. So, Allison, we don't have a second to waste. So, let's just dive right into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get into it. All right. The newest member of the Zelda Dungeon management team, Judy Calder, shout out to you, Judy, uh, said that she wants some retro Zelda paraphernalia. So... She's talking. Uh, she's talking. Nintendo hosting directs about big retro-inspired games, such as like the Zelda Game and Watch, um, like a Zelda Watch itself, uh, a re-release of the CDI games. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totally in for this idea. I, I love this. I do too. Like, I would really. Um, well, first of all, congrats, Judy, for making our management team. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I would love to have, like, now that I have the CDI games on my computer, which is super cool, kind of adds to my collection of all the Zelda games, but, like, the CDI games and, like, the Zelda Game & Watch or Zelda Watch in its own, um, would just be such a cool addition to everybody's, like, collection. I, if, if anybody's like me, they are like, I need to have every living Zelda game there is, and so oh, just yeah. having that opportunity... Because it's really hard to get the, your hand on the CDI games. So, like, having that opportunity is just, like, so cool. And I would be so down for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and we are actually, you just mentioned, we are going to be covering the CDI games. They were recently uh, just remade by a really dedicated team. So we're going to be diving into those soon. But it, it would be cool just to see, like, Nintendo acknowledge them. Like, 
you know what? Right. Yeah, we made these goofy games. They're not very good, but here you go just as a collector item. And I think that people would be all over it. Package in some goofy artwork in there and maybe like a behind the scenes, like little, I don't know, almost like a documentary or something about like how this happened. I think that that would be so cool. Like Zelda takes itself seriously and it should, but I think that it can also, it, it can also look back and say like, yeah, you know what? This wasn't so good. And here you go. And let's just have a laugh about it. Yeah, it's always good to laugh at yourself, you know, and just kind of learn from your mistakes. But the thing is that everybody knows about these games and there is definitely like a negative thing. But I think that everybody would just be down. I think money would would fly for for these games. Absolutely. Um, Let's keep it going here. Emmy Curtis says that she wants uh, to bring back promotional discs. And specifically, uh, we're going back to the GameCube era here where uh, right before Wind Waker, there was the promotional disc which had uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, the first two NES Zelda games. I think that that would be really cool, but I I don't particularly see this one happening. Um, I I think that it would more so be... Like, you could almost say that Super Mario 3D All-Stars is like the 2021 equivalent of a promotional disc, where it's like all of the old games kind of on one cartridge. I actually... I, I could see that happening with Zelda, where it's just like... Here is um, Zelda All-Stars or something like that, and it's a collection of a bunch of different old games. I don't necessarily think that it's going to be, like, like a ton of games. Like, I've seen some people say, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get one one game disc, and it's going to have Skyward Sword, uh, Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker on it. I don't think that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I could, I could maybe see, like, some of the older titles, like A Link to the Past, and uh, maybe, maybe the NES games, and maybe Ocarina of Time kind of being bundled onto a disc but i i don't think that this one is super super likely but you know obviously i think that it would be cool uh yeah i agree uh the zelda uh promotional disc for the gamecube was actually one of the first one of the first um things that got me and my siblings into playing zelda we we used uh we played together to be ocarina of time and majora's mask on that disc and it was so cool i still have it so it's awesome but yeah, I I I don't know how plausible it is to do now, just because most of these games have been remade. Um, but I don't see them putting all these games that they sell at the original value on one disc. I think that would be kind of mm-hmm. odd and maybe not a good business choice. However, I do see them releasing some of the like porting at least for the 35th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I could maybe see a port of Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD, and that's a full price game. I, I yeah. think that you could get away with that, maybe. But I mean, yeah, Skyward Sword HD is going to be its own thing, and it's going to be yeah, you know, exactly, and and rightfully so if if they're making the changes that we hope that they're going to make. Um, all right, let's keep it going. Speaking of Skyward Sword, Sean says, "Give us an officially licensed Skyward Sword OST." And yes. uh, yeah, I mean. What else can you say other than, like, hell yeah to this? Uh, I actually, I didn't even know this. Um, so Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening on the Switch have all received uh, soundtrack releases in Japan. Skyward Sword has not been giving the same treatment. So, I, I don't know. I feel like if it if the HD remake comes out, I feel like this is a this is a slam dunk. But, yeah, I mean, like, such a fantastic soundtrack. I think even Skyward Sword's biggest detractors would say that it has phenomenal music. Uh, so, like, make this happen. As a matter of fact, release all of your soundtracks in North America on vinyl. I think that would be awesome. 
yeah, I don't know why they don't uh, release all, <laughs> all the soundtracks in America or uh, around the world, really. But, like, uh, Skyward Sword is definitely one of the uh, games in the Zelda series that has the best music. Like, obviously, Ocarina of Time is up there, Majora's Mask is up there, but I think Skyward Sword is way better than Twilight Princess and some of the other games. So, And, like, Breath of the Wild... I mean, yeah, it's got music, but the music is so kind of out there that they have their own soundtrack, but Skyward Sword doesn't? That's weird. Like, give it to us. <laughs> you know what's bogus about the Breath of the Wild soundtrack, too, is I bet you it doesn't have Monk Mask Kashia on there, which is a damn shame. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but I'm just saying, like, if you have some ambient noise on a soundtrack, you could definitely give a Skyward Sword music on a soundtrack. Yep, I agree. Um, let's kind of stick with the musical motif here and go right to John. He says, a new take on a Zelda symphony. And um, as you probably all remember, Zelda Symphony of the Goddess was a touring uh, orchestral uh, musical act that, that I've had the pleasure of seeing three times. Uh, it was super awesome, but they stopped touring, I want to say back in uh, 2018 or something like that. Um, so um, he's suggesting yeah. that a new tour take place and obviously uh you know given given the state of the world right now he says that a, a physical traveling tour probably is unwise but that nintendo could create an album to celebrate the music and perhaps do like an online stream of a concert or something like that you know what i think that it would be really really cool i i don't he says that uh it was it would be something that would be both profitable and I guess it would in terms of like the YouTube views. I don't think that you could charge people to watch it or anything like that, but I mean I know that I would love to see this. I absolutely loved going to attend Symphony of the Goddess. It's um one of the high points of my Zelda fandom actually. So yeah, I'm I'm totally down for this. Yeah, I 100% agree with this too. I I also saw it 3 times. But the thing is that it, it was an event that took place like right when I was becoming an adult and I was able to go and do these things and pay for it on my own and travel on my own. So I imagine that now that they're not touring anymore, that a lot of the younger people kind of missed out on something that was really great about the Zelda, you know, franchise. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for them to reprise it, you know, if the world kind of falls back into a normal order here in the next year or two, if they could come back or come up with a different show or, yeah, do something kind of uh, virtual, you know? Yeah, you know what? I, I do think that if you do the concert virtually, and that would be awesome, don't get me wrong, but you you are missing a little bit of the magic you are, of the yeah. Zelda concert. Because I, I just remember, like, I was looking around and, like, there are some people dressed in, like, a three-piece suit because they're at a fancy orchestra. And then, like, right beside them, there's a guy dressed as Navi, not wearing a shirt, and he's painted his body blue. And it was just, like, <laughs> I was, like, this is this is phenomenal. Like, this is so great, and this is so, like, this is so Zelda. And you, you do miss that if you host it virtually. But, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously nobody wants to go and uh, attend a, a concert right now, nor should they. So, you know, right. definitely better than nothing. Um, let's keep it going. Hannah says that she wants more DLC for the other Hyrule Warriors game, Definitive Edition. Allison, what would you rank the chances of more DLC for Hyrule Warriors Definitive oh. Edition? <laughs> Absolutely zero. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like they have, you know, milked Hyrule Warriors as much as they can. The original. As much as they can. Like, there's... I don't see more characters or any more maps or anything going into it. There was already so much. Like, the people who 100% that game are nuts. 
But, you know, let's maybe continue the series. I, I don't know how likely that is where, you know, we have Hyrule Warriors and that we have Age of Calamity. Will we continue seeing more Hyrule Warriors game? Maybe that could be the DLC you were hoping for. You took you you took the words out of my mouth. Um, I was I was gonna say like they have there there's no more meat on that bone. In fact, they ate the bone. There's no bone <laughs> even left. It's just like I, I think what could potentially happen because Hannah does bring up some really cool stuff. Like you know we want to see Naboro, we want to see Saria, we want we want to see like some of the characters that we didn't get to see in the first Hyrule Warriors game. I think that it's probably more likely that Hyrule Warriors two comes out and yeah. that's the extension rather than more dlc um i think if you had to release like the new new definitive edition uh people might riot because this would be their fourth time buying the game yeah it's not like it's not like putting ocarina of time on four different consoles it's kind of it's just hyrule warriors and people are like i'm paying full price for a game that not everybody even likes so yeah i don't know i don't think they would do that <laughs> Here's hoping. Um, all right, so Jacob says he wants Zelda to get animated, and uh, he brings up some really wicked um, animation projects such as uh, Terrible Fate, which everybody should check out from Ember Labs. And he also um, he also says that Nintendo have, has experimented with this before and released little animated Pikmin shorts. And as a matter of fact, they've also done the same thing for Star Fox. They, they released a little animated Star Fox movie right before the game that came out for the Wii U, so he says, why not try something along this line for Zelda's 35th anniversary? And I am, I'm so down for this. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I think um, having any kind of Zelda animation, like they had the, you know, the Link's Awakening, the little opening scene that they remastered. And I thought that was really cute. Like, why not go bigger? You know, they even have some stuff of Zelda in um, Smash Bros, the new Smash Bros game. So, like, mm -hmm. it, they totally are capable of doing something really neat. And it doesn't have to be, like, a series or anything, but shorts would be super cool because we get to see our care, our favorite characters in the game, and we obviously love cutscenes. That's why we like Age of Calamity so much. But, like, give us some more, you know? Yeah, I would be, like totally down even for some more like cutscenes like breath of the wild style cutscenes and if that yeah. was what they wanted to call an animated short like okay cool yeah give us a little short of like zelda and link post breath of the wild like what are they doing now you know what i mean rebuilding yeah. hyrule that'd be so cool yeah absolutely um all right let's let's keep it rolling here i think that uh this next one was designed specifically for me <laughs> um, Alexandria Weber says, I think it's entirely possible that the Zelda series will be getting the same treatment for its 35th anniversary as the Mario one did. And what she wants to see is indeed a remake of some Zelda titles, but not the one that people have been talking about. We've all heard people talking about remaking A Link to the Past and the Oracles. Alex says that she wants to see the Minish Cap remade. Before I give my two cents, Allison, what do you think about this? I would get. I would buy it. I would buy a, a remade Minish Cap and play it, and I would love it. I mean, I have I have it virtually consoled on my Wii U, but you know, there's a difference between having a solid game and like having virtual console. And I think that Minish Cap is underrated, and it needs to get a little bit more attention. And remaking it would give it the attention it deserves, just like Link's Awakening. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know what? I, I actually don't know 
if I'm super in love with this idea, I, of course I would buy it. And of course I want more people to play the Minish Cap, but I think that my solution might just be like put Game Boy Advance games on the Switch Online and make Minish Cap like a, a staple of that. But like when I look at the Minish Cap, I like really truly honestly think that it is almost a perfect Zelda game from the controls to the dungeons, to the items, to the side quests. And so I'm thinking to myself like, um, does this game need to be remade? Like, are there any glaring issues that I think need to be remade? And I think the answer is no. And, you know, on my Metroid podcast, we've heard the rumor of, of Super Metroid being remade for, like, the last couple of years. And, like, that's another one where it's like, this is basically a perfect game. Like, it doesn't need to be remade. And I don't know what value you're adding by remaking it. And I kind of feel that way about the Minish Cap. So while obviously I wouldn't be upset if we saw a remake, I, I do think that, like, I think that this game is so solid um, that it, it it probably doesn't need it. And at that point, like let's just let's just do something new rather than kind of remake this game. Um, I think Link's Awakening did have a lot of issues that the the remake fixed. But also, what we saw in the remake is that you know you can fix a lot of the issues, but you do lose some of the charm and a little and a little bit of the heart of the original game too. So. I, I was actually surprised that I wasn't totally in love with this, but I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be upset if this happened. So, yeah, I wonder how you would have felt if Link's Awakening hadn't been remade. If you would have been more for this idea, because like like you said, you know, if you played the original Link's Awakening, the experience kind of loses its luster from the remake. But for me, as a person who just played the remake and hasn't played the original, I adore that game. So I feel like. It, and it introduced a lot of new Zelda fans to that game. So I feel like remaking Minish Cap would do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know. I uh, I mean, obviously, I would be thrilled to see that. But um, in, in my mind, I'm like, let's remake the games that need a little bit of work. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sense. Like, like Wind Waker yeah. needed a little bit of work. So it got kind of a, a tweak <laughs> when HD came out. Yeah. I mean, no shade, but sailing sucks, right? Like, it sucked. Yeah. There was a lot of things that were definitely improved upon Wind Waker HD. So I I see what you're saying, and I agree. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm sure that I've started an argument somewhere, so let's just move on. <laughs> Speaking of arguments, Charles says, fix the timeline again. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> um, I, don't, I want to be spoiled this year, though, so that Nintendo simply needs to do one thing, solidify Breath of the Wild's placement on the official timeline. You know what? I couldn't give one wet fart about this, but I know that there are so many people out there that this is a big deal to them. So I don't know. I, I was I was gonna say I hope Nintendo gives you what you want, but I like I don't. I don't hope that. And I truly, truly think that Nintendo regrets releasing the timeline because it's so convoluted and so silly and that I I don't know. It's almost like it, to me, it's almost like embarrassing looking at that like, timeline Aww. and seeing all the branching paths and stuff really? like that. But you know what? Hey, wow. If you, ask yourself this: If you're a Zelda theorist, would you rather like strictly know exactly where it is, or would would you rather keep on coming up with all of your really creative and cool ideas? And and I leave you with that. I don't know. I think I think the timeline has a charm to the Zelda community, and I. While I don't think it's, like, entirely plausible and, like, things get convoluted and things feel weird about it, 
Um, I feel like it made a lot more sense after I watched um, Avengers End uh, Endgame. So I know a lot of I've told a lot of people that, but like I I like it. I think it's a part of our franchise now, and I don't think it needs to be fixed. I think it's fine where it's at. However, if more games continue to come out and Nintendo continues to have this mindset of like, well, Breath of the Wild takes place all the way down here and then we're just going to leave it at that and not give us any, like, keep us going with the next few Zelda games, I'd be kind of disappointed in that because, like, I'm totally okay with the idea of Breath of the Wild being so far and away from the rest of the series because it does take place, like, 10,100 years from the last, um... Ganon popping up and as if you pay attention to the story of Breath of the Wild so like it makes sense that it's so far down there and it could connect all the timelines but like if they keep going in this like indifferent way with future Zelda games I'd be disappointed so I don't think the timeline needs fixed now but I hope that they that this change that they've made with Breath of the Wild on it is not a permanent thing if any of that made any sense. <laughs> oh, the timeline. The the illustrious Legend of Zelda timeline. Uh, let's let's talk about this more in depth on maybe a full episode in the future, okay. Allison. But for now, <laughs> let's keep it going and let's talk about Heather. Uh, she wanted Skyward Sword HD on the Switch, but with the caveat of she wants a specific way to control motion controls. So she th- this is an idea that we've actually pitched on the show here before, but... Heather basically says that motion controls were what turned her off of Skyward Sword, so she wants the opportunity to play an HD remake with optional motion controls. And the way that she proposes being able to do this is, um, you know, you can you can turn you can basically bind your motion controls to the D-pad or control stick. So when it's time to move the the sword around, you can press a button, and instead of uh, instead of the the right uh, thumbstick moving your your camera or whatever, it would actually move your sword. And this is an idea that I kind of proposed and thought that would make a little bit of sense to kind of alleviate that as well. Um, so some very... She wants Skyward Sword HD, but with, you know, completely overhauled or optional motion controls. And, and I really, really hope that this is the case because i think that skyward sword deserves uh another go around another shot but i do think that there's just that that section of people that are going to be like nope this is the motion controlled zelda game and i'm not playing it and unless you give them the option to say no actually you don't need to to wave your joy con around in the air to make this work you can just control it normally um i i think that those people are, are never going to give it a second chance Yeah, I would agree with that. My thing is that I was convinced for a while there that they would at least give the option to use a regular controller. Um, But then, like, they did that interview, and um, Eiji Aonuma was just like, why would I do that? The game is about the motion controls, you know? So it's kind of like, oh, he's never... If they do an HD, he's never going to detach from the motion controls. However, I've heard a lot of from a lot of people that have mobility issues, and that was actually a, um, like a highlight from the Game Awards as they talked about you know the games that have been made for people with mobility issues. Like Skyward Sword is not optimal for those kind of gamers, and that's sad because I want them to ex- experience this game. So how can they make it so 
the motion controls are still there for the people that love the motion controls or are willing to try it with the Joy-Con, but give the people who don't want to have anything to do with the motion controls or have mobility issues the opportunity to play this game. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough dance for sure. Yeah. But like like I think that they can do it. And and to be clear, um I think the people that say that they don't like playing Skyward Sword because of the motion controls are like totally valid. Like that that's a disappointing answer to me because there's such a good game underneath it, but like I think it's a valid answer. Like I don't like playing the the DS games because of the mo- the touch controls and like <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. Um and, and like even last night, like I was uh I was setting up my Wii U to play a Wii game and, you know, I was, uh, I was firing up Metroid Prime 2 and like, I have the, like, there's so many cords, there's so many things that you need to get going. You need to plug in your Wii sensor bar, you need to dig up your old Wii motes and stuff. And it's like, I just want to be able to pick up and turn on the game and be able to play it without any gimmicks and without any, anything, right? Like, and I feel like Skyward Sword if you were to play it now, requires a lot of stuff to set it up. And yeah, it does. you know what? I, I really, really, really hope that they find a way to circumvent the motion controls. If that means changing some of the game and maybe getting rid of some of like the enemies that specifically require you to cut in certain directions, um, I, I think that that's okay. I think that you should do that. If that means that you just like assign one button to have a skyward strike, I think that you should do that. If, if you have to change the game to get rid of the motion controls, I, I think that you should do it. And, but Because I think that you can. I think that there is still a game without motion controls there. So, I don't know. I, I Again, I think that this is a, a matter of if, not when. So, hopefully we'll see something this year about that. Yeah, I agree. Let's keep it going. Uh, Alexis says she wants that one elusive amiibo. Um, so, Alexis Anderson is a big, big fan of uh of Link's Awakening and of Marin in particular and she says that we have yet to be blessed with a Marin amiibo and that she will never stop hoping. You know what? I I am I am giving up hope. But I agree. Like I was so disappointed <laughs> that the only amiibo that we got for Link's Awakening was Link. Again, another Link. Like give us Marin. Give us the owl. Give us Bow Wow. Don't give us Link. I got I'm looking I have six links that I'm looking at right now. Six Link Amiibo. Um, yeah, I was actually re- uh, in general surprised when Link's Awakening. There was like Link's Awakening remake. I'm glad it came out, but it did not get the love that other Zelda games have gotten when they've been remade, or like Breath of the Wild when it came out. It just didn't get as much marketing. It didn't get as much goodies that came along with it, and that includes the Marin Amiibo. So like. I don't think Amiibo are as big or going to be as big here in the future, but I mean, I would still love to have one, you know what I mean? Because I like collecting all the Zelda Amiibo, so (laughs) I'm really surprised that they didn't have one initially. Uh, So I was mistaken. There's actually 10 Link Amiibo that I'm looking at right now. There's a lot, yeah. If I There's a lot. I couldn't count. (sighs) I... I don't feel hopeful, but I would love to see that. Maybe as part of Zelda's 35th anniversary, maybe that's how we get it. I don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, they did they did release Amiibo for the 30th anniversary, so maybe this isn't as hopeless as we think. Yeah, but Who when knows? they released Amiibo for the 30th anniversary, they were all <laughs> uh, I How much do you want to bet that, like, they release a line of, like, 
of like four different versions of Zelda for 35th anniversary. Oh my god. No uh, thanks. <laughs> all right. David Laspie has a cool idea here. He says that he wants to see something along the lines of Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, but with Zelda. And particularly, he wants to see the augmented reality experience turned towards not a racing game, but kind of like a dungeon builder game. And this is a really cool idea. Uh, I'm not going to read his entire pitch for this here. I, I encourage you guys to go and read that for yourself to see what some of his ideas are. But basically, it, uh, it to me... It would involve using items in, like, your house to create, like, a Zelda dungeon, which sounds kind of cool to me. Yeah, I mean, when they so they showed that Mario Kart Live thing, I was like, I'm not going to get that. Y'all don't need to see my living room to race Mario Kart with me. But if this came out and it was, like, something where you could use your house and create, like, a Zelda dungeon, as you said, that would be kind of cool. And I would I would do that with friends. I'd show my messy house <laughs> and create a Zelda dungeon out of it. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think that uh, it could be a lot of fun, like especially if you have kids and, and stuff like that or whatever. But I, I think that um, augmented reality is kind of a cool, it, like it's a cool idea, and, and you know why not? So, it is, and it, it's a it's a cool thing too because I know Nintendo is all about movement and getting people up from their seat and not having them just sit there. That's why they have the motion controls. That's why they came out with like ring fit and stuff like that. So like if they created something with augmented reality where you would be up and moving about your house and playing a game that you love, I mean, I can totally see Nintendo going for that. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. Andrew says that he wants to switch up the marketing for, <laughs> for Nintendo and Zelda. I'm so sorry. Uh, he says that, uh, that the, the, the trickle, uh, announcement and the trickle feed of Breath of the Wild 2 is just agonizing. So he wants to see Nintendo stick to what they did in 2020, where they announce a game and then three months later it's out. Allison, what's your opinion on this? Um, this is hard because in like retrospect of how Breath of the Wild happened, like, I loved it. I, I loved having being on the edge of my seat for, like, three years, waiting from 2014, that big reveal of what our next game was going to look like, until, you know, we got that final awesome trailer that gives you goosebumps every time. Like, I love that span of time, being excited for something. Um, but I also really liked being excited for three months, like, speculating on everything that we were seeing. They were releasing little snippets and all that kind of stuff, and I was on the edge of my seat every Tuesday morning at work, like staring at Twitter, <laughs> you know, waiting mm -hmm. for them to drop something. That was fun too. So I, I don't, I don't know. I like them either way. Maybe the more, um, the more beneficial financial business, this like the better decision would be that three months because you're not losing anybody's interest over years. You have them, you have them gripped for three months and that would make more sense business wise. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. I feel like my answer or my, my perspective is like when you announce a game that's far out, um, it's high risk and high reward. So if you let's use Breath of the Wild as an example, that was announced obviously very, very early. And um, it was a high risk move to get people to like s stick with the Wii U but it turned out to be a bad risk because that game got delayed and it got reworked. And, you know, it obviously didn't launch in 
in the time that it said that it was going to. Um, when you announce a game that's far out, let's say a year out maybe, um, and you pull it off and you deliver that game within a year, like I think Animal Crossing was a, was a good example of of like announcing far out, but it was even though it was delayed, I think it was only delayed by like three months. But like that that game was high risk, and they reaped the high reward because they got it out, and it was basically everything fans wanted. Um, Age of Calamity, Paper Mario, stuff like that. They, those were announced, but like they didn't have the same level of hype and of mystique almost to me that like a you know a Breath of the Wild does. Or, or you know a good example right now is Metroid Prime Four. And I'm sorry, this is like my fourth Metroid reference here, but that <laughs> game was announced, and then high risk it was basically scrapped and had to be restarted and so now it looks really really bad because we know that they're working on this game but it's been announced like i mean this is going to be year four pretty quickly that it's been in development so you know i i think that even when you have like the high risk announcement and it doesn't go your way at least it kind of creates a little bit of mystique around the game like with breath of the wild or with bayonetta 3 like people are still talking about these games and wondering and the legends are growing and like sometimes the expectations grow out of control because, you know, you know that they're working on it and you just have all that time to fester. And sometimes those expectations can crush a game before it truly ever even has a chance to show what it is. I think Cyberpunk is, is a good example of that. But at the same time, when your game can be everything that fans wanted and more, like in Breath of the Wild, it elevates that game into like this kind of next tier. So I don't know if any of that made any sense. That was very philosophical, but... <laughs> um, I don't know. I I like I like knowing that they're working on Breath of the Wild two and Metroid Prime four, even if I don't see it. I think is my answer. Yeah, because you know, the more time they spend on it, the the better it's gonna be. Because I did have my worries about Age of Calamity because they announced it and they're like it's coming out in November, and I was like, oh, it's looking laggy though. In all the stuff we were seeing, I was like, oh, I'm kind of worried that they rushed this. They didn't. It was fine. And they clearly had been working on it for a long time before they announced it. But yeah. at least when you know something is being worked on for, like, Breath of the Wild 2 for over a year past its announcement, then you just kind of, you're like, okay, but they're actually spending time on it. They're taking their time. They're taking the care to give us an amazing game. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. All right, let's, uh, let's keep going. Um, Ryan says that he wants to see... The Redemption of Chamber Dungeons. And um, maybe not Chamber Dungeons specifically, but maybe like a full, a fully fleshed uh, Chamber Dungeon game in the vein of Super Mario Maker. And this has been something that Zelda fans have been talking about for what seems like a long time. But um, he suggests that you can, you know, you could base your, your kind of 2D uh, dungeon designs and you could switch them graphically, kind of like you do in Mario Maker, you could go between like the 8-bit versions of, uh, of Legend of Zelda or like 16-bit with A Link to the Past. You could go a little bit higher with Minish Cap. And then you could even do the Link's Awakening on the Switch. And I think that if you were able to do that and you were actually able to add in your own enemies and you could put items in, this could be a really, really fantastic game. He even suggests that you use like there could be rooms that you incorporate multiplayer in kind of along the lines of like Four Swords Adventure. I, I think that like... If you really did this game and didn't do it half-assed, like the Chamber Dungeons, that this could be a really, really cool, like, idea and a really cool feature for, for Zelda. And, like, I actually don't think that this is impossible. Like, I do think that when they made Chamber Dungeons, that was Nintendo kind of being like, 
okay, this is like a test run to see how this would work, how people like yeah, exactly. it, and maybe we could improve upon it. So I think that this idea is really, really cool, actually. Um, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I think that Chamber Dungeons, like as disappointing as it was for a lot of people, I think it was just Nintendo put the, putting their feelers out because of their success with the Mario... Uh, what are the Mario games where you build the levels? Uh, Mario Maker. Mario Maker. Thank you. And um, so they were like looking at that and they're like, maybe we could do this with Zelda. We're seeing some whispers about it. Let's do a test run. And they gave us this. I think that they were just kind of testing their technology, the market for it. And I think the market's there. And they totally have the capability of doing this if they can make something like Mario Maker twice. So mm -hmm. it's. I think it's a matter of when, really. I think they'll they could do it and they will do it. It's just gonna, when is it going to happen? And you know what? Um, one thing that I thought was surprising was that Link's Awakening never got any DLC, and I was like, okay, well, if they're going to release DLC, it'll probably be for the Chamber Dungeons, but they never did. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm just like, hmm, okay, well, this is one of their biggest games of 2019. They didn't release any extra downloadable content for it, which seems like kind of a no-brainer, especially. You know, seeing as there wasn't a whole lot of new releases in 2020, I'm wondering if maybe the DLC that they would have released is is basically being reworked into a standalone Zelda Dungeon Maker game. I don't know. Maybe. We'll just have to see, I guess. I do love the idea of being able to switch between, um, like, the 8-bit, 16-bit, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. charming, I think, in Mario Maker, and I think it would be super charming in Zelda. Yeah. I, I like that idea, too. It sounds cute. Um, all right, let's keep it going. Brittany says that she wants to see some, this really easy for me to say, some 35th anniversary stuff. And uh, she doesn't exactly specify what, other than to say we want some weird knickknacks and want to be blown away. And you know what? I think that that's actually like a totally valid thing to, to ask for because I don't think any of us really saw the uh, the Lego Mario set where like you spin the dial or whatever and Mario's running through World 1-1. Um, they did they did a lot of bonkers stuff for for Mario's 35th anniversary. So I you know what I think that uh, that it's entirely possible that you see some like you know she suggests maybe some wool tunics or something or a line of professional grade instruments available for purchase. Um, this sounds insane, but I mean at the same time, so does so does Lego Mario kind of spinning the the thing and he's running along and on your TV like that sounds insane to me too. So yeah, I think <laughs> that there could be a lot of really like weird uh, Zelda stuff coming down the pipe for the 35th anniversary. I think that Nintendo is kind of lacking when it comes to like merchandise and stuff. I I there's a lot of merchandise. Don't get me wrong for a lot of their games, but I think they could just do so much more. They could just go Disney level with their stuff because they've been around for so long these games have been around for so long 35 years you know they could go ham with the merchandise and so i would love to see some more especially 35th 35th anniversary edition merchandise but more merchandise overall because i just i think it's not enough i i feel like i go into a store and i see one nintendo thing you know what i mean when i could see and instead of like a line of Disney aisles, I could see a, a Nintendo aisle. That'd be so cool. Yeah, I, like totally. Um, you know, there's, I think that there's a difference between like the, um, like the really cool merchandise. And then there's like 
merchandise that you can tell like Nintendo just slapped like a, a logo on it and like it, yeah. it doesn't really care what it is. Like when I walk into EB Games, I see like sometimes I see like Zelda stationery and I'm like, okay, like this is kind of neat, but also like this has nothing to do like with Zelda. Like this isn't cool merchandise, you know what I mean? Like, but then you go in and sometimes you see like the light up potion bottle and I'm like, okay, that is actually pretty cool. And like, I, I want that. But then it's like, okay, well who actually wants like stationary or like a, a pin set or something like that you know what i mean it's just like do do some cool stuff and not just like um slap whatever you have on like you know like like a zelda vacuum cleaner like like, like that's not really zelda right like it just happens to be you're putting a, a logo on something so I yeah I, like I think that is... they could do a lot more cool stuff this is so funny because disney totally did that with baby yoda oh god and they have baby yoda stationery that i totally don't have (laughs) wink wink they have a baby yoda waffle maker (laughs) i don't have that one i promise but like you're cooking baby yoda waffles aren't you (laughs) i don't have it yet (laughs) don't lie to us on the champions cast allison i know you are (laughs) but i'm just saying like it's funny because disney does that and and people totally buy it so i mean while we don't want that, we don't need Zelda stationery. People are gonna buy it. Just do it, you know. You are not wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's keep let's keep it going here. Uh, David Nystrom says he wants Zelda in new and exciting media, and specifically cites the Netflix series Castlevania as an avenue that Nintendo could um, potentially go down in order to kind of bring Zelda to a new audience. I think that this is cool. Uh, part of me also is like um, a little bit burnt out on the idea of like, we want, we want a, a Zelda show like Castlevania on Netflix. Like I feel like Castlevania is kind of unique in a way that like it was able to really strike the chord of what that series is, but like be appealed to like an adult demographic. And I'm not entirely sure that Zelda would transition as well to that but uh you know what like i i mean obviously i mean obviously i'd be excited to see anything on this list come to fruition but um yeah i i don't know this is one where like i'd i'd want to see it first to test it out because like in in my eyes i would rather have no zelda animated show than a bad zelda animated show and i just i don't know maybe i just don't see it um in for zelda as it currently is but this this would be one where I'm actually on the fence about a little bit. So, I don't know. What, what do you think, Al? Make up my mind for me. Um, I, I don't know if I can, because I'm kind of this, in the same boat. Like, literally once a year, somebody sends me that article from 2015 saying, look, they're making a Zelda show, or look, they're making a Zelda movie on Netflix. And I'm just like, no, that's like seven years old now and it's not happening. So, <laughs> and so I'm kind of like over it. Like, I don't, I don't, First of all, I don't think they should do anything in live action. I'm really worried that it would not go well if, you know, this is funny because I'm saying this to somebody who (laughs) does a a podcast about video game movies, but like some of the video game movies aren't that great, you know, and I'd be really worried that they'd ruin Zelda for me. But an animated show I'd be okay with if it was like some anime-esque Castlevania kind of thing. I don't think they could they could pull off an, the like adult stuff from Castlevania. It would need to be something way toned down. But I just don't think that Zelda needs it. Like, give us more content that was like Age of Calamity. That's what we want. 
and like more cutscenes and more story in a video game. We don't need an animated series or um, a show or a movie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that it would be great if it happened. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I, how I feel about that. I think that maybe what it is is I'm just like so burnt out of the idea that like since Castlevania did this show really successfully that Zelda should be also be able to do that show very successfully. When I feel like the the key ingredients of what makes Castlevania successful, I don't think that that would translate over to Zelda. Like like what put it this way, what makes the Castlevania show successful is uh let's just say that it's the chocolate in the cake. But chocolate isn't going to taste good in a steak dinner. You know, it just drizzled on yeah. top of it, right? So like <laughs> the the key ingredients are a little bit different. So, I don't know, maybe someone out there can actually sell me on a chocolate steak. But, um, I don't know, maybe this is an idea that we should explore further. Because I I have a lot of thoughts, but I I obviously didn't prepare them as as much as I needed to here. Uh So yeah, let's uh, let's put that in our pocket and uh, and come back to it. Uh, Let's keep it going. Michaela says that she wants a new Link to the Past remake. And, um... You know what? I'm I'm going to kind of uh, reiterate my answer from earlier, where like I feel like a link to the past is fundamentally just like uh, a really like almost the perfect game. Like I think that the story is a little bit drab, and I and I think that it could use a splash more color. But like that's those are just minor minor critiques. Um, I I don't know that it needs like an entire remake um what i would say is like give us something new but then to to build off that i feel like we did get something new with a link between worlds so i don't don't know how i feel about this one i i think that for me uh, a link to the past on nintendo switch online is probably exactly where it needs to be and people can experience that and i i don't think that it needs a remake to be relevant in 2021 yeah this is one of those zelda games that isn't high on my priority list um, for uh, getting a remake if it or needing one for that matter like I would totally be down for a remake of Minish Cap because it only got its one round of attention and it kind of feels like a lot of Zelda games are getting a second third fourth round if you consider like Twilight Princess <laughs> whatever but like I just feel like A Link to the Past already had its second round with uh, A Link Between Worlds and like you said I like A Link to the Past as it is it's not my favorite game but I think it's such an iconic game the way that it is that it doesn't need to be changed or remade i kind of just like it as is so keep it as is yeah and like you know you could even almost say the same thing about the oracle games which i actually would love to see those games remade but i think that the key difference is that a link to the past is like widely accessible and lots of people have played it um i think that the graphics still look very very crisp like it's got that timeless pixel art to it uh, whereas the Oracle games, they they weren't as widely available. And I think that if you remade them, you could bundle the two games as one. So you get a little bit more value that way. And, um, you know, the, those weren't... Uh, I, I actually think that those games also look pretty decent for what they are still. But, you know, obviously they could probably do with the facelift. I don't know. I, I just feel like A Link to the Past doesn't need it. You know, I think that it's still relevant. It's still fun. It's still sound. I'm not sure it needs it. Yeah, so I there, would agree. There you go. Um, all right, this next one is from someone named Allison Aletha. Al, I'm, I'm just going to let you read this one. Okay. 
Um, so my thing is that if, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that are like me in this, where they really like all the Zelda books, like, you know, Hyrule Historia, the Encyclopedia, Arts and Artifacts, but not just that, like the guidebooks too, the fancy ones, the Prima uh, Collector's Edition guides. Like, I have all of them. I have every edition of the Breath of the Wild guide. I have um, the special collector's editions of all the Dark Horse books. So, like, I really like collecting all those. And um, they, I just I just like their aesthetic, and I like being able to have them. And they're just such a cool – like, that's cool merchandise to me for the Zelda series. And I've yeah. noticed that since Breath of the Wild, since maybe 2018, and after, like, creating a, a, a champion um, – it's just like slowed down so much. There's no more guides. You know, we had we had the um, Link's Awakening remake come out. We had Age of Calamity come out. No guides for those. No like fancy, you know, professionally made guides. Obviously, use your guides from Zelda Dungeon. I'm not saying you buy a guide to use it. I'm saying for the collectors in like the people with the collectors' hearts. There's nothing cool that came out for these games. Like, I was so disappointed because I was ready to add them to my collection. And there wasn't anything there. And I'm like, what's going on? Why did they stop creating these things? And also, don't stop creating the Dark Horse books. Like, I don't know what else you could add, but keep them coming, you know? I really like those things. And so, this decline that's been happening, I'm hoping for 2021, it's like they kind of, like, bounce back. And they will bring these things back like having nice guides and more the, of those dark horse books or just more stuff to keep up our, you know, like our love of Zelda. Yeah. Yep. You, you pretty much nailed it. So I'll, I'm just going to let you do the, do the speaking for that one. I, I agree. Um, right. well, there you go. Let's, let's keep it going and let's talk about a different Allison, Allison Brunyi. And she has probably the most unrealistic, pick of this entire list unfortunately she wants nintendo to embrace the zelda community and uh nintendo especially in the last couple months has not had a reputation of embracing its fans uh let's just say to put it politely but she has some really really cool ideas here what they could do they could do online q a's uh kind of like virtual conventions um something similar to what they did uh she suggests doing something similar to what they did back in the day with like the uh the Nintendo tournaments and stuff like that, or like when when Pokemon was giving away Mew at these like download events and stuff like that, um, suggesting maybe they could do contests to put like one lucky fan as a as a non playable character in a game. This all this all sounds like fantastic to me. I think this is really cool and frankly something that Nintendo really could use right now and and get some good PR for themselves in terms of how they treat their fans. But I feel like. This is about as likely as me firing up Twilight Princess HD after this podcast is over. Not <laughs> likely at all. Yeah, I don't, I, this is like, there's some things that seem like no-brainers for Nintendo to do, but they don't. And I I think they, like, they hold things close to the vest, and there's something honorable about that. As uh, Patricia Somerset told us, their secrets, you know, they keep their secrets, and that keeps us going with them, and there's something you know, respectable about that. But, like, come on. There's some things that you can... You are you have a community that loves this series. Like, let them love it. You know what I mean? So, and be yep. there with them when they do. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I feel like 
Nintendo was kind of trending in the right direction. Like they they went and they were embracing kind of um, like the competitive side of like games like Smash and like Splatoon. And, and I do understand them protecting their IPs. I absolutely do. But at the same time, I, I do think that, you know what, they they are, it's too much sometimes. And that and that does turn people off. And then you do get yeah. this reputation for, for being a company that just like, you know, poops on its fans. And uh, that's too bad because the Nintendo that I know and love is like this magical company that produced like some of the, the best moments of my life. But... To other people, it's like this big, bad kind of uh, bully, I guess is the word, that, you know, it's either their way or the highway. And, I mean, Nintendo's always been like that, even back to the mid-90s. So, it's not like it's something mm-hmm. new, but, you know, it, I, it's it's too bad. It's too bad. I so, I don't like see that one being very slow. likely. Yeah, I always feel yeah. like they're a little slow behind the times with some other video game companies, which is fine. Like I like I like where they are. It's just that they're kind of slower in other stuff, media, marketing, merchandise, um, allowing mods to happen to their games, other people making merchandise for them. It's just they're a little bit behind, and I wish they would catch up. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? This kind of bleeds over into our next one. Actually, the last two bleed over into our next one here. Brian King says that he wants Nintendo to embrace randomizers. And uh, I don't think that it can be overstated, Al, how massive the randomizer community is. It's it's ginormous. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, randomizers are basically uh, remixes, let's just say, of Zelda games where the order that you get the items in is, is random. So you have to use a lot of uh, ingenuity to progress through the game with you know, the various items that you're given uh, throughout your playthrough. So I think, and he mentions A Link to the Past in particular. We were just talking about remaking A Link to the Past and how it doesn't need it. I was going to add the caveat where like in some alternate reality where Nintendo is a different company and they do embrace the fans and they do embrace randomizers, that would be a cool remix to release with A Link to the Past. Like make it so it's like literally, you. it's an updated version of the game, but it is randomizer uh ready i guess and it's like it's it's optimized to to be played uh by you know randomizers and stuff like that i think that that's really a cool idea again though i i just don't see nintendo embracing this unfortunately but i think that it's a great idea yeah um randomizers are huge like it's not my cup of tea but i have um several friends in that like outer circle of the zd community that run randomizers every friday or every day on their streams um but they hold like friday events so that everybody can play along especially with the link to the past it's huge like and i think the concept is really cool because Mm -hmm. um a link to the past is a pretty open game so it makes sense that to kind of scramble things and it makes it fun and exciting and it takes an old game that you might get kind of sick of after a while speedrunning it over and over again, but when you put a randomizer twist on it, it's great fun, you know? So, like, the idea is cool. Why not just let people go with it? Like, I think somebody was in the talks of having a Twilight Princess randomizer. I don't know if that ever became a thing, but I think that would be really cool and would switch up Twilight Princess, and I might actually play it, you know? I know there's a Wind Waker one that looks awesome and, like, a fun time. It just It's a cool idea, and I... I I don't know why they don't like it. I I don't know. Uh, you know, and um, to me, like, I'm, God, I'm sorry. This is like my, like, 
tenth Metroid reference here, but like, <laughs> uh, they like that's that's a series that you should embrace. Like things like speed running on. Like it, it would be so easy to put like a a speed run counter at the bottom to like encourage replayability or something like that. Yeah. You know, like um, for any of you guys out there that have played Axiom Verge, that's a game that really encourages people to go and speed run and like do crazy different things in the game. And like I think that that that's something that could really add life to to these Zelda games and it, it's unfortunate that Nintendo is just so so slow to to the take uh, on a lot of these things so kind of <laughs> yeah. a couple downer ones here in a row with Nintendo and their uh, their vision as a company here but I think that we can bring it back up here with our next one Allison because I actually loved this idea Brandon Schmitz this guy is the biggest Twilight Princess fan in the entire world, but I still love him. Brandon Schmitz <laughs> suggests that they should release uh, Twilight Princess HD on the Switch, but he says that it has been like 20 years since they did a Master Quest title, released Twilight Princess with a Master Quest version. I I love, I love that idea. I think, you know, as much as I kind of dump on Twilight Princess, um, I think its dungeons are for the most part spectacular. Uh, a couple of them aside, but just the idea in general that Nintendo would do like another Master Quest, I think that that's such a great idea. I would love to see that. Um, I am I'm a hundred percent down for this to happen. Yeah, and if it's gonna be any game, it should be Twilight Princess because it works so well with Ocarina of Time, and a lot of people say that Twilight Princess is like just like Ocarina of Time. So I can just I can imagine that a Master Quest, if it would go to any game, would be Twilight Princess. And yeah, I agree. I think that would be cool. It has been a while since they've done that, and there's no saying they can't bring it back. So bring it back and do it again. I think it went very well the first time. So yeah. I like totally. I think that that's such a great idea. It's such a fantastic idea. Such an obvious idea. Yeah. I don't know why they haven't done it already, but they they definitely should. Um, we're we are running long here, but we're gonna keep going here. We have two more, including including mine, Allison. But before we get there, oh boy, well, you can go first on this one. Samantha Reynolds suggests that uh, <laughs> Phantom Hourglass should be given a second chance and uh she she says that she loves this game and that she would like to see the clunky touch uh controls gone uh and replaced and i like add in fast travel for temple of the ocean king and, and whatnot you know i think that yeah you know, we we had some ideas earlier for skyward sword hd so you know what i'm gonna say if they could remake phantom hourglass and spirit tracks and get rid of the goofy touchscreen controls i think that that would be an entirely new game i i think that it would still be one of the weaker zelda games but i would you know what i want the zelda games to be the best that they can be if they can if they can find a way to get rid of the motion controls i think that that would really work i i do think though that the ds games are more um are more like dependently linked on the touch controls than skyward sword is on the motion controls but Allison, you're you're more of an expert on this game than I am by a lot, so I'm curious for your opinion. Yeah, I mean, the point of the controls for Phantom Hourglass and uh, Spirit Tracks is so that you could draw on the screen. You could draw on your map to help you like find things or see paths. Um, you like use your weapons by drawing. So like some of the weapons I could totally see being done normally. 
you know you don't have to draw a, pa a path for a bomb shoe you could just direct it with the d-pad the boomerang would be weird I don't know how that would work because it's very specific. You have to draw to hit switches and that kind of stuff in a certain order. I don't know how they could do couldn't that. Couldn't you press like A and then control once the boomerang is fired instead of the the other like joy stick controlling the camera or whatever? You can just control the boomerang with that. Yeah, maybe. But the thing is that some of the boomer the boomerang things like for the puzzles that would work, but some of the enemies you have to use the boomerang for, and you need to have like quick swipes. So if you're pressing a button and then moving with a D pad and then pressing a button again so that it does it, it's not quick, you know, or at least not for me. So <laughs> some people's got some fast fingers. Um, I can see it, but there's just some things that I'd be like, okay, well, how would you do the boomerang? How would you do the fast traveling? in the in, in the ocean because you have to draw the symbols like those sorts of things if they can make it work and change the controls so that they're more normal and um for people to enjoy the game i also wouldn't know how the game would look on the switch everything is very Terrible. disproportionate and if you Terrible. just put it on the switch and docked it and threw it up on the tv like oh my god i couldn't imagine the absolute mess <laughs> would be so i mean oh, would it be cool yes but is it possible i don't think so okay unless I, so they I just, completely remade the game like from they, they would have the to completely up. redo yeah. the graphics completely yeah. and if they did that that would be fine and, and i'm gonna say something and i just want to preface that there is a difference between the stylistic uh like twilight princess is ugly we all know that it's ugly <laughs> and but it chooses to be ugly that's a style graphically it's a nice looking game it's just that its style is ugly and that's that's what it is this game is the worst looking zelda game by a mile <laughs> it's so awful and uh i i don't know i think it has let me charm. let me tell you let me tell you how i think that phantom hourglass could get a second chance because um, oh I think that there is only one way, and if this never happens, then these two games are doomed to oblivion because nobody really liked them. Uh, even though they sold a lot of copies, you know, they nobody. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that have these two games high on their list. But I do think that in some world, if Nintendo ever really is just like, you know what, let's really, really embrace the world of mobile gaming. And we've seen them release apps before, but if they were just like, you know what we should do? We should release a Zelda game on mobile. Then this game would be a, a slam dunk because it's a touch it's a touch controlled game. You can just play it on your phone or your tablet. You could doodle with your finger. That's the only way I think that this game ever gets a second chance. And I don't think that that's incredibly likely. But maybe yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it has its charm, and I love it, but, like, yeah, it's not the best Zelda game, and I don't think it ever will be, even if they remade it. So, like, I I just think you got to like it for what it is, and if you don't, then it's just not worth your time. I can't wait for us to play Spirit Tracks later this year, Allison. I cannot wait. Um, all right, let's go to the last one. This one was written by me, and you've heard me thumped my chest about this before but by god i'm gonna do it again i am championing nintendo to release and revive four swords adventures online just do it release it as uh not like a physical cartridge you don't have to do that just make it a piece of downloadable software um it's it's a remake or maybe it's not a remake but it's the same concept okay but 
It's it uses the same style of graphics. You you don't need all the gimmicks and all the gadgets to play it. Release it for half the price of a regular game. You you can totally replace the Game Boy Advance controllers and just use your Switch to play as your version of Link. This would be so fantastic. People are always complaining about how awful Nintendo Switch online services. Give us a killer app. And I think that this could be a killer app and that would make the online service totally worth it. Um, you know what? If you have to make the concession of, you know, since you don't have like the one master screen, um, I don't know how local co-op play would work. So you know what I mean? Where like you, there's the one screen, but then you can go into a different uh, area and then you, the, it switches to your Game Boy Advance and that's where you can see your link. I don't know how that would work co-op, but if you, if you have to eliminate that, then eliminate it and just get rid of it because I don't think we need a solution. I think most people are playing the game online. I think that if you release it and you get four players and you, me, Gooey, and Mossies can all play Four Swords Adventures online and each one of us can use our Switch to control our own links, I think that this would be such a hit. Such a hit. I don't think that it would be incredibly hard to do. You've got this game. Four Swords Adventures is by far the lowest selling Zelda game Give it another chance. Give it another life. Make it happen. This is so obvious. It's so, it's so obvious. You gotta make it happen, Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I'm begging you, please. Yeah, I mean, the the 35th anniversary would be a good time to do this. But as you were talking about it, I was wondering why they didn't do it on the Wii U because, um, I know, done, like it would have made sense because you have the gamepad and you have the, your TV and you play those. You could play those separately and have the little screen like you do, um when you're, you know, playing it as it was originally intend intended. So I don't know why they didn't do it on the Wii U. Um, and I feel like that's a missed opportunity. But yeah, the 35th anniversary would be the time to release something like this. Because when they talked about, like, the stuff that they were releasing for Mario 35th anniversary, it was, like, weird stuff. You know, like that Mario 35 game, which looks fun, you know. Like, don't get me wrong. But you had, like, 35 other people that you were competing with. It's like a Tetris-style kind of thing. So if like you a battle have something kind of kooky looking like that, why not release Four Swords Adventures online and be able to let people play online? You know, just four people versus 35, you know? So, like, I can totally see it happening. And it sounds like it would make total sense to do this year. This absolutely should happen. Um, you know what? We've, th this needs to happen, as a matter of fact, because I think that multiplayer in Zelda is fun, but... This game needs to come out to wash the foul taste of Triforce Heroes out of our <laughs> mouths. That's the last impression that we've got of multiplayer Zelda. And that's what I mean when I say I'd rather have nothing than something that's horrible. Um, yeah. and Triforce Heroes was horrible. You were sitting on this already outstanding game. Why not? Just, just port it. Port it. It's so easy. It's so easy, Nintendo. Please. Yep. That's all I got. That's my pitch. <laughs> there you go. It's very passionate pitch. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, I really want to see it. Imagine, uh, imagine um, the four link amiibo. If we could get all of them together on Ooh, one amiibo, kind of like the Pikmin that would be one. cool. I know I was if just they... complaining about all the links, but I would buy this one. Yeah, I mean, if you can have a guardian amiibo, you know, with all the different limbs and stuff, you could totally have four link amiibo. That'd be awesome. Oh god, that'd be good. That would, that would be so good. Make this happen, Nintendo, please. <laughs> Anyways, all right, we uh. We've come to the end of our list here, Allison, and that was quite the journey that we took. But I think that there were a lot of really 
really fantastic ideas, uh, especially that Four Swords Adventures Online one in particular was really good. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for uh, for reading along with us, and uh, of course we want you to let us know what you want from the Legend of Zelda series uh, in 2021. Allison, is there anything that like is there any one of these ideas that if you could snap your fingers and make a reality, which one would it be? Oh, Put you on that's the spot. hard. Why? Why are you doing this to me? I guess. I guess the merchandise one. I just feel like that's such an easy thing to do, and I. I just don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe let me lump it all together. Actually, I want Nintendo to catch up with everybody else. I want that they already make smart business decisions by re-releasing the game as the same price, you know, as the original price. I think that's so smart because people are gonna buy them. They're gonna complain, but they'll buy them. You know what I mean? So like. They already have that kind of business sense. Just, like, expand it. Make more merchandise. You can make bank, you know? Be more with the Zelda community. Catch up to the times. Get rid of your old ways. You know, I mean, keep some of them. But, like, you're like my grandma. Just, you know, move with the times. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. I'm going to lump it all together into that. All right. I ain't mad at that at all. Uh... I think that that was, uh, I think that's a great idea. And I think that there are a lot of great ideas on this list. Like I said, we want you to let us know what you want from the series in 2021. We're running long, so we're going to get out of here. The only thing I'll say is we want you to subscribe to the Champions Cast over on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you think that we have earned it. We'd really appreciate that. And of course, check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at... Allison Aletha, we are wishing everybody a wicked 2021, and uh, I can't wait to see what Zelda has in store for us. Until next week, everybody, take care.